0: Welcome back to The Stack. This week we speak with Fabnev Henmer, fellow Uckboy and the front-end wizard who helped us escape. We talk about Uckbar, what Fabnev's building-for-developer experience, and about being Marines in Okinawa. But first, some housekeeping. The Stack recently started a Patreon with the intention of hitting the $250 an-episode mark required to hire an engineer so that we can get better sound. Currently, I, Josh, do the editing. If you're listening to this podcast without also being patronizing, you are punishing your ears and stealing time from my kids. Consider being a better person. Naturally, as soon as Ukbor allows us to do the same thing as Patreon, we'll drop Patreon. A big thank you to those who are already sponsoring us. At $5 a month or so, you're doing more for art than any Medici ever did. Second. The stack now comes equipped with an official sponsor, Third Earth, which may be reached on the web at third.earth. Or you may find them at at third earth 3 on Twitter, that being at symbol, third earth followed by the Arabic numeral three. Precedent to taking on a sponsor, we must know them to be as perfect as the stack itself. And were their good taste in choosing us not evidence enough, their record should be. Third Earth are an Urbit hosting company I see again and again on Erbit, Twitter, and elsewhere mentioned for their service and ease of setup. At $12 a month for an Erbit ID that eventually becomes your own, the price is unbeatable even if you host your own VPS. And in the case you are, you also wouldn't be getting the technical expertise Third Earth provides. Third Earth now comes with quick launch, and those of you who've had to sit through the long march of the azimuth catch-up will appreciate that. If you're thinking of taking the plunge into Urbit but don't know where to start, please visit Third Earth to see what they can do for you. Now, some news. Quartus, together with Reciprocal Limited, have delivered an app called Channel that brings 4chan to Urbit. There was already a 4chan group on Urbit, but this is even channier because each Chan is hosted by an individual Urbit. If you want to discuss literature in the Channel format, Feel free to add Hapsel Rigner as a provider. On the other hand, if what you want is anime titties, you can add my erstwhile co host, Libhut Samwes. And Midsum Salrooks, who is very middling at sums but an excellent developer, has recently released his Urbit to Discord bridge as a native Hoon app with a front end. This is yet another technology to reduce friction on the Anime Titty to Urbit pipeline. And now Fabnev Hinmer. How did you get into Urbit and was it was it nepotism strictly speaking?
1: Um yeah, yeah. So I'm not like um Yeah. I don't know. Um I'm like pretty um fine with that, right? Um I don't have any problems in nepotism, but, uh, yeah, like most tech, I mean, <laughs> uh, Tim look was the one who initially like, like, I would say for me, most tech is, is like the result of Tim look saying like, Oh, you should look at this. Um, that was like why I did programming, for example. Um, after not considering it for years, um, I, I started when I was like 28. Um, so, so yeah, like I got into, I got into, did you end, do, did you do bootcamp or
2: something or how did you,
1: Yep, Yeah. So, um, I was, what was it? Um, I was getting out of the Marines and I was looking at doing a boot camp or a uh, business school. I got into both in the same week, went to business school and then after business school was like, whoa, I can still make more money in coding than I can with like, you know, a like a business analyst job. So just just did that. Um, and then, you know, I think, let's see, what did I first hear about Urbit? So I first heard about Urbit as like, this isn't a, you know, sort of, it's like, it's not quite there, but it's really interesting, technically, um, from a, a mutual friend of both mine and Tim Lux. Um, this is also how Tim Lux heard about it. Um, and then I didn't try to use it, Tim did and then um, I'm trying to see when did I get on. Like I, I got on. Like he gave me a planet at some point in I think 2020, and that's when I started doing stuff. And then I did my first grant for um, in like the end of 2020, beginning of 2021.
2: Uh, and what was that? What was that working on?
1: So that was to build a uh, interface for the UCal like calendar project, which is sort of still ongoing. I think if you were to download it now. It works pretty well. Like you, you can invite people to events and like RSVP and stuff. Um, I'm not sure. It sort of has like some polish probably needed before it's. It's one of those apps that you would want to trust with your like you know all your scheduling. Um, but yeah, right. so I did that and then I did, I did I did the uh, Star dot Market interface when the the rap Star was sort of being. Promoted by the foundation, um, and then right. I did the. I did a lot of work on the uh, bridge for layer two. So the whole like, um, um, like generate invites, like layer two invites. Uh, I did that.
2: And up to this, so up to up to this point, though, <clears throat> you're yeah, uh, like, were you also involved in Urbit like in groups and things like that, or were you? kind of um, more tinkering around on the outside of it.
1: Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure when it was probably mid 2020. Um, But yeah, I was in a, I was in a few groups. I don't know how many I'm in right now. I don't know, probably 20 or so. Um, So I don't really can like, not like a heavy, heavy user. Um, But yeah, I mean, I do all of my professional work through that like a professional coordination um and then yeah like i was in i was in a few i i never i'm not like a big uc guy i don't know i just like it goes sort of goes past and
2: i haven't and, been in, in um, months yeah
1: yeah exactly i mean i just get tired of like the like not knowing where the conversation started or where it's going and um it's always fun to like jump in if people are like you know getting up on someone for saying something negative about it bit. but uh yeah
2: <laughs> is it still like that is it is it still like a pvp area and like you have like a drive-by comet who will come and say something outrageous um
1: i, I don't know i mean, that, yeah. i actually like should yeah. probably check it but um i don't know i feel like from what i've seen it's more like someone asking for help it's pretty good on that so yeah you know just like you know someone will come in and say hey i'm having this problem with my ship. Um, I managed to avoid that big mess. There was that, um, that bug that involved like trying, if you, if you set up a new app incorrectly, you, you could oh, right really yeah, mess yeah. up your base, right? And I ended up not reaching from that. Um, right. Went through like the GitHub and found those issues and um, um, Palpa and up had some like binary fixes or whatever. Like, he had some, like, binary files that he would run that would, like, essentially fix the base desk. So, (laughs) I managed to get through that, and that was, you know, I did that through UC. So, I guess
2: it's... Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing to think now, like, kind of how much things have changed because two years ago, like, UC General and Help were the... Vast, even at that point, only two years ago, that was the vast majority of activity Mm. on the network, and you had like a handful of groups that had a little bit going on. But um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's probably been like nine months since I even was uh, had had, was a member of the UC group or anything like that. So it's cool um, that that's happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, there used to be more. I feel like there were more crypto groups too, and now um, there's one I was in that's like completely dead, and then the one Andy runs that I think, like you run that one, right, Andy? Cryptocurrency. I do. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, run, run is like a really loose. Like I, I, it it, it is hosted on. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I mean, like you know yeah so obviously i mean it, i that is you you can basically tell how the crypto market is doing by how active that is is one thing um and that makes sense it's animal spirits and you know it's kind of people aren't so happy right now but the 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 i think the other <laughs> thing is um the uh orca which is um uh, RAPSEF's program, you know, it basically is app that allows right, you right. to um, bridge to different groups. It's really neat. But what I found is that a lot of activity um, has lately been in those channels. And I don't know, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to tell how much is generated by sort of uh, me or Dalton or the Upbar Event Horizon group or whoever is kind of federated in there. Um so yeah, so that's uh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the
1: other, that, the, uh, yeah. I would say that's what's great about Orca, though, right? Is that like I only need to be in that group, and then I can see some level of activity. So um, yeah, it still is yeah. sort of a it has like a coordinating function, even if there isn't a lot of activity being like say seated in the group.
2: There is, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then, but the L two change definitely led to a spike in members. Um, Maybe like fifteen or twenty percent, and then that's leveled off uh, quite a bit lately. No, I, 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 like, I don't promote the group at all, right? That so to bring up like, urban community that used to be sort of like a Saturday morning activity of go and say like, hey, like we're around, um, and then like some noob f- freaked out at somebody saying like, hey, you don't need to promote your group so much. It wasn't me. That person rage quit urban, but like. The, um, so I just like, don't do that anymore. Um, so yeah. So it just kind of grows and, and does its thing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I had the same experience, which is that I, I used to go in there weekly and promote this podcast, you know, just drop the link basically. And then I started to feel weird about it because the people who were in there were new people who didn't know me from before there was anybody there, you know, when it was like. 900 people uh, and there was no herbit content so I was just going in like weekly and, and dropping the link to the to the podcast and people were like uh, you know like two people would say, wow, that's really great that there's an Urbit podcast now but now if I go in there, which I haven't done in quite some time uh, you know if I if I went in there it would be like uh, I'm, I'm afraid that some new person who doesn't know me uh, as if there are any such people on herbit. <laughs> but a new person who doesn't know me would be like, why, why the fuck do you think you can drop your podcast link in the you know, community group or whatever? Yeah,
1: um, it's funny. So it's changed. It? The, yeah, it feels like there's almost less of a community now, um, I guess, if people aren't comfortable doing that. But, I mean, that's true. Like, I mean, the community has changed. It is larger. And there are yeah. more people than there were before. And they are less sort of, what do? they're like less cutting edge i guess you'd say or whatever whatever that the term is
2: wouldn't it, i mean it, i think it would be it would be great if we could escape this sort of eternal september <laughs> it would be nice yeah, somebody I mean, should look at yeah, that yeah it is
1: funny how that happened, right it's funny how that happens right like you really can't get away from it um, but that's all right i guess Urbit's has been i guess Urbit's good because if that is like if you're on sort of old web that would be your experience right like that would, it would be the end of your experience you would kind of no longer post and then you might not even use urban anymore um yeah i don't know i got like, i don't I, I can't tell if i would say like activity is dropped off in the groups that i'm in or if it's just sort of I don't know. It feels to me it feels like it's because everyone's building. But that's just because I'm building. So I, I, I don't think know. I think that yeah, I
2: think I think I think it's a I think it's a combination. like not to weasel, but I think it's a combination. I think um everybody has their heads down and is 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 doing doing something there. Um but at the same time I think like there were some high energy groups and like one I'm thinking of in particular that just like got nuked for a variety of reasons. Um, and that, that, you know, I, I haven't like replaced that personally. And so that was probably like 30% of my urban interaction. And so that like with that gone, um, yeah. So the, it, it's interesting. Like there are some days when I wake up and there's like n- very limited on reds, um, the next day, but I, I, I think that it is because people are kind of working on things, um, now, also, a lot of people are seventy percent poorer than they were four months ago. So that affects attitudes. Yeah, there was a it girl really on uh, there was a girl on Twitter who who said,
0: you know, everybody everybody in Web three now is saying, uh, you know, it's time to build, guys. And she asked, "What the fuck were you doing, you know, three months ago?" Well, uh, clearly, I was I was setting up a situation where I would lose my kids' college fund. You (laughs) didn't lose (laughs) all that. I was doing three months. Right,
1: but that's not like when when there's a crazy bull market on. Like that's how that's how you are. Like, yeah, you feel like you're getting rich without doing any work, which is not a good. It's not a good feeling to have if you're trying to get work done. Right, of course we were. Who wouldn't? Everyone (laughs) was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for like wanting to be more comfortable than I am, but um. But obviously, when you're less comfortable, you work harder. So, in uh, some other ways, I guess I'm glad that – I am yeah. guess I'm glad that it's a bear market. I don't know. Well,
0: I will say that I was able to get out of it with – how can I put this? The lessons that I learned were relatively cheap compared to the same financial lessons from uh, an American university. So – that's a win, right? I am more educated financially than I was four or five months ago. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're all my kids, w- my now, kids, right? wash dishes. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, s- I learned personally. I learned there's no such thing as uh, impermanent
2: loss protection. Okay, it
0: doesn't exist.
2: No, it's a fantasy. It, ex- it exists. It exists until it's important.
0: Right. Right. That should be underlined. Uh when you don't need it. It's insurance that exists so long as you don't need it. I learned that. Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go but I mean, you know, there's a string, there's a string now of of protocols that are imploding. Um some of which some of which I never would have gotten close to uh,
2: anyway, but, um, you know, some of but which I least, did get I mean, like, too and, close And to. the thing, I mean, urbit er- to me is only incidentally related to these things. Um, yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's decentralized. It's just an energy thing, I guess. It, it happens. Right, right, right. right. I mean, like it happens to have the PKI and everything on, on, on Ethereum, but um, at least, all right, you can say um, – star prices are down or whatever but there there is so much to build that it's ridiculous if you're a, like a Doge developer or Cardano or something I mean like what, what are you going to do?
1: You're right when you hit a bear like this like you expect Ethereum to go down you expect Bitcoin to go down but you also expect them to be on the other side of it I would say the same like I mean Irvit's still here people are still working on it it still provides value that's you know not entirely like even in the bull market like i don't know if that you had a ton of stars so beyond what you have right now um yeah i mean it was never that liquid of a market um and it's i don't think it changes most people who are working on urbit and getting paid in stars um for like grants and whatnot like i don't think those people are you know feel any differently about the project so yeah, I mean I don't even see those people like saying that the pro- like they're not even saying like oh like they're like they're not even trying to like justify it, right? They don't even I don't even see people like spend that much time justifying not selling their stars. They just aren't going to sell them the way they weren't going to sell them 6 months ago.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't I I don't know anybody who's who's very serious selling their stars. Uh although I think we did uh, An- Andy managed to piss somebody off in the marketplace for saying that um I, I don't oh, know, that selling was fun. selling stars. Oh, okay, you saw that. Yeah, he, selling your stars is.
2: I I don't. I mean, like, I I get it. I mean, like, his argument was, if I like, I am a developer and this is what I've been working on, and this is what I got paid, and now I need to pay my landlord something, which is like the, just the wrong attitude.
0: Yeah, if you if you're selling urban assets to live to to pay your I mean, you should be willing as an urban developer to live in a shoebox uh, <laughs> out.
2: Yeah. Like I never CDC said you I don't have rents. to pay rent. Right. That's
1: true actually. This, yeah, you that's you like one thing. Yeah. I don't know where you're living, where this guy's living that he actually has to pay rent in the US right now because um, I feel like there's still there are still uh, rent moratoriums in most major cities, but
0: well, if there's if there's not, then this whole thing is attributable to Joe Biden. We get those little stickers anytime somebody sells no, up uh, on those stars. Yeah, right.
1: I
2: did. Joe I did Biden that. did
0: this. Yeah, I
2: think. Uh, I mean, the, like the the other thing. I mean, like just sell your underwear, sell other things. Don't yeah. sell your stars. Do you
0: need a, Do you need a girlfriend? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, this um, is this is anyway. This is for we, the general should, audience. So, uh, just uh, buy urban assets and never get rid of them. Okay. Anyway, on to on to uh, some real question time stuff about escape. So, what did you 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 forked Landscape, and I don't think I've I don't think I've used it now in like, God, I don't think I've used Landscape in months. Uh, so you forked Landscape, and do, by by the time that you started working on Landscape, had you been into Urban? for any length of time at all? Or was that sort of like you, you got into her, ur- so, let's say no, Tim I like got you into the and then, oh, okay.
1: So I was, let's so see, you I were... started, I started working on it in the beginning of January of this year um, on the landscape fork. And then yeah. my first project was between December and January, 2021. And then I did a couple grants in in 2021. Um, always front end stuff. I never, I actually don't know Hoon, um, I actually just tr- started trying to read through in school uh, a few days ago and I've, I don't know, made it like a chapter or two, um, but yeah, so I just, I just do the front end stuff. So it's just a straight front end fork. And then there was some additional, um, work done by another guy on the team to do like the push notifications, for example. Um, Yeah, so yeah, so I started that in January and then I don't know when I had the first version out. I think sometime in January. Um but yeah, I mean the goal behind it was to have a like initially the goal was this should be the platform that we use for work and there were certain requirements that went along with that. So um definitely push notifications was a major requirement. I know salon sped up to like just like dm speed and like message speed in general on graph store so like that was a lot better starting when was that like i want to say it was like q3 last year something like that um so that helped a lot and then uh, yeah and then it just sort of making it like you know having your your menu of uh your chat list in the left uh sidebar always visible um and some other, like, a lot of, like, indicator changes, trying to just make it feel more intuitive. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like there was a lot that went into it. Um, I actually have been working on other, other aspects of it since. Um, but, uh, like, sorry, other aspects of the project. So I actually haven't been working on Escape skate very much in the last, like, couple months. Um, just because it feels pretty stable. Except for a few things, Um, you know, like a few things will crop up, but I haven't like seen them recurring, or or they haven't been that problematic. So I haven't like felt the need to put in the time there. Um, And there's other like higher leverage stuff to do.
2: Do you do you have minions to help you um, kind of maintain stuff?
1: No, no. um, For a while, I would just do it on like you know, like a Sunday. I would just say like, okay, on the Sunday, I'm going to go through the bugs list because I'm pretty sure I can fix these. I kind of stew on them over the week. Like, okay, like, I think I know where this is happening and then um, just go in on Sunday, fix it, put out a release. I would say Urban is crazy easy to release on um, compared to like, you know, trying to release. Like before this, I worked for um, worked for a big company in Cambridge and just like, you know, you have this huge build pipeline and structure and like hundreds of devs and, you know, it's crazy with this. I can just like build it and push it out. And the release system for Urban does work really well, even though scaffolding up a new app is a little bit like janky. Um, Yeah. So.
0: Do you find that you get any of those? I mean, besides that, are there sort of like any any developer perks for uh, For Orbit, that you don't get, or maybe even that are coming out that that you don't get from, from say a traditional dev experience.
1: Um, I can't speak to it too well just because I'm doing um, like I'm just doing the front ends, so I like it doesn't feel that different to me in terms of doing the work and like with my dev setup. Like my dev setup feels like a pretty standard dev setup at, at anywhere I've worked at like you know big company. Um, but it's, it really just is like the distribution is really fast. Um, I guess if they just get, if like Tvon, if the core devs are able to make it more stable, then, you know, I mean, it'll just, it'll be always be easier than anything else. I I like can't, yeah I can't really think of like, um, I can't really think of like a contrast. It's more just like. You know what it is, it's like when you run it, you have this kind of, when you run an app on Urbit and you distribute an app, I feel like it, it's easy to be confident that what you're running is the same as what everyone else is running. And so when someone reports a bug to you, it, I'm almost always able to reproduce it unless it's some weird thing related to like their um, their browser connectivity or something like, you know, their actual internet connection. Short of that, I tend to be able to reproduce just about everything.
0: And what are you? What is it all? What is it on now? You've got it. Obviously, the, the browser based one, but do you have iOS and anything else?
1: Yeah, it's iOS and Android. So it's the mobile app is really simple. I actually just put out something. Um, if anyone is listening to this as like a front end urban app um, that they want to be able, like they want to have people use, I've I did build like a a generic mobile wrapper. Um, so the the code that someone would actually have to work on would be the Hoon code for sending push notifications. They'd have to like tailor that specifically to like what events they want to trigger that push notification. Um, but in terms of like sending a payload in that notification that could that could just stay the same. Um, so yeah, so I, I have an iOS and Android wrapper. So it, what it does is it loads the web app in like a web view on your phone, but then it has the off, it takes place sort of outside of that. And then it also that it enables you to get like a push notification um, that will like route you in app. So this is a model that like quite a few companies use where they don't wanna put in a lot of effort into like making a spe- like specific code for iOS, specific code for Android, or even specific code for mobile. They'll just have like a login that is done in React Native, which is JavaScript, and then they'll just run the uh, the web app embedded in the mobile app. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a pretty small repo, but you can just anyone could copy that and just run like publish their own mobile app on the on the App Store um, for like you know Play Store and App Store, and then just you know have a working mobile front end for their Urban app.
2: Had you had you built for iOS before, and how did you like what What was it like having to go through their app store and Google Play or
1: wherever? Yeah, so I let's see. I worked. I, I've known. I've known React Native for a bit. So since I would say beginning of 2019, I think it was, or no, that's not right. T- beginning of 2018. Um. And it's pretty straightforward if you know JavaScript. There's like a few little mobile things that you have to learn. Um, Oh, let me see. So in terms of publishing on the stores, that's probably the area where there's like the most sort of domain expertise that you have to build up. For the Google Play Store, it's easier. For the App Store, they actually have to review every single app. So whenever you publish a new version to the store, they, there will be a, a person, who I think in India, who goes through and like like, logs in with the credentials you give them. In this case, I gave them like uh, credentials to attest your moon. Um, so they have credentials to like log in. Um, there was back and forth initially with the iOS app store because I had a super bare bones version that didn't even have a logo. And so when I published it or when I tried to publish it, they were like, yeah, we don't. We don't think this looks like a uh, app for mass consumption. Like this looks like an internal tool, and so you should publish it that way. And so then I had to add a logo, and then they were like, "Yeah, this is weird because like you're putting a server URL in order to uh, log in, and that's not normal." And so then I had I actually sent them a long reply that was like, "All URBIT users will understand this. They're very tech savvy. This is the way it works in this like in our system." So the public who would download this app completely understand that it actually makes sense to them. And the app review was actually fine with that. So they just approved it after that. Um, so I think I went back and forth with them twice. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, not since, not since then.
2: They did the needful. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been annoyed at, Um,
1: at app review before, so.
0: yeah all right so what comes what comes uh next now that you you've you've got to add in uh the functionality for oakbar what is the functionality that oakbar is going to require from escape say i don't know on on your ballpark mental roadmap that we won't hold you to
1: Yeah. So initially the reason I did escape, well, so it was, it was twofold. So it was what I already said, like, this needs to be sort of an enterprise level tool, not like an an urban enterprise level tool. So, you know, sort of like a small, a small team can use this to do uh, coordination, can use it as a Slack replacement essentially. Um, And then part of the other part of it is that I was going to become familiar with the front end so that I would be able to layer on like, dao tooling on top of groups so you could have like um nft based like dao permissions on like embedded in your group um and then you know you could essentially run your enterprise like you could run a dao on urban that partially exists but it's not really like the focus right now the focus is devx and so i'm actually not sure if and when that is going to be a focus for escape um, um yeah so so the things that would be really useful would be the like sort of the bar back things that would be really cool to have in escape would probably be like maybe sending native tokens so, like some minor wallet integration and then like nft based permissions um I don't know, like the wallet's probably going to be much, much simpler to do. As long as the other person has a wallet, you could, you know, the sort of like their little profile pop-up that you see in chat, you can, like right now you can add a PALS tag. If PALS is installed, you can probably, I could probably put in something to like quickly make like some like wallet interactions around that. That wouldn't be difficult. Um, I just, I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but those would be the things that we would um, use Ukbar to like back, like the features that bar would back when they end up getting into Escape
0: is the developer experience stuff that you're talking about something that you are like that is a focus of yours. Let's say say outside of outside of Escape or inside of Escape or or are you you talking about some other um, like responsibility that you have now?
1: Oh yeah, so this is sort of like the focus of um, uh, of at least I don't know. I, probably like half the team or so. Um, if you are following Basile Genève on Twitter, you'll like see this. Um, but, but the idea is like making it really easy to onboard someone who wants to build an urban app that is, you know, that interacts with a contract that is deployed to Ukbar. So that is like, that's the focus, is to make, make a system that makes it sort of like a seamless both onboarding and even like initial development experience for those, for people who want to do that kind of development. Um, and so the focus right now is, is to build something. And this is my focus is to build a tool that makes it easy to like write a contract, deploy a contract, write an, a Gull app that then interacts with that contract. And then, um, like even like publish that, that app, and contract, uh, both like the contract would be published in bar, the the app would be published on your ship, right? Um, so like for example, like let's say you want some kind of app that interacts with like an NFT um, or a, a class of NFTs or multiple classes of NFTs, you could um, you could build a you could build the like a contract that you know kind of creates those NFTs and then has various permissions and interactions with those NFTs, and then build an app on top of that. Um, an urban app that could communicate uh, with that contract, like use use that information in some way. Um, And then, so so I'm working on, yeah, like building an interface for that. Have you ever tried to like learn Solidity, for example?
0: I I have. Andy has, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it would be like, I don't, yeah, so I don't know if there's, I've learned, you know, basic Solidity, um, not to where I could like audit a contract, but where I could like, you know, write a basic contract. Right, around to tokens, yeah. right. Um, and so usually you, what you end up doing is kind of copying an existing template that someone wrote in like a medium article. And then you kind of try to deploy yep. that locally to like a ganache, like test RPC that's running on your, on your computer. Right. Um, do you yep. know, does that, do you know what I mean? Is that what you did? Yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. So this would be kind of like if instead of, so instead of having to go to a medium article to get that, you could actually go to a website that has a basic, uh, like development environment where like, you, you know, basic, like you can write out the code and you can change the contract code and then you can immediately see the results of your changes sort of get like spit back out to you um so that you can like it. Yeah, I, 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 these...
0: the... I mean like for instance solidity has this as well i don't i don't know what the okay. they, they have the online development environment right yeah 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 okay right, so right. so i understand this so this is what this is what you're building sort of the front end for for ookbar right now is for for like a playground for developers to be able to go exactly uh, yeah okay yeah
2: be able to, to, to test is their the, code out. Is the testnets and and the t- the test live? Uh,
1: I don't know if it's ex- – I don't think it's live. Like I don't think it's published anywhere. And I, But it's kind of like you know, work in progress but mo- with most of the kinks already ironed out.
0: I mean they've mentioned the testnet is running on several – uh, right, 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 right. Now, okay. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I, like, I don't know what's been, uh, put out there, but, um, I, I okay. think, I think that's right. So like, it's, it's running. I know that it's running. I don't know if it's like publicly accessible yet, but, but like, I no, no, can't no, no,
2: set no. up an Uckbar no, node. No, no, Right.
0: Yeah. hold, uh, yeah. Ho, Ho, uh Hodesard, He's the one who, he announced So I'm not, I'm not saying anything out of school. He, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought,
1: like yeah. he's working on that. I, I think it's almost even merged in. And I think the repo's is public. Um, yeah, yeah. The repo I, is public. I believe so, it um,
0: is. I'll check before, yeah, I, before it is. I publish this, but I, I think it no, is. No, it is.
1: I just, I just looked at it. I've got it open. Oh, yeah, okay, good. The Ziggurat, uh, the cigarette repos. So that's, I don't know if the change went through yet, um, but like the, I you know they're, they're doing a lot. Um, probably gets merged in this week. And so um, what I'm working on will be kind of probably the, the first thing that uses that to like to where like the public the public more broadly could like run this against the test net is the idea so they can deploy their contracts against the test net um and then and then they can actually just deploy an app to their urban ship that then consumes data from the test net so that would be pretty cool
0: do you have uh uh this is terrible to ask but but are you trying to get it ready for anything in particular
1: yeah, I don't know that this is, I don't know that this is a secret. I don't think so. But, um, the, um, like assembly would be when we want to demo something really cool.
2: All right, cool. So
1: like September, um, I think, I think it's a little over two months.
2: So you, you said you're, you're reading through Hoon School. Is that, is that just to kind of di- dilettantishly sort of look at it or are you, is that becoming part of something that you're going to work on?
1: It's not, it's not really just because I'm, I'm the front end dev right now. So, um, there aren't really plans to hire another one. Um, and so like, I don't know, I I like my job and I know that I'm, I'm comparatively good at it. I, I don't know if it's because, um, people who, other people who are as smart as me tend to prefer to do back end stuff. And they're like, I don't want to do front end stuff anymore. Um, does that make sense? Like, it's just one of those things where like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm comfortable working in like sort of a, yeah, like I'm comfortable working in sort of like a more broken, like kind of annoying framework. And, you know, I just, I know a lot of like CSS shortcuts. I can like scaffold stuff really quickly. And, um,
0: I think you're like one in a million people who is, is smart enough to do back end dev work and actually does what you do.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Um, so 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 like I have I feel like I have a competitive advantage doing front end work um, and I and I don't dislike it. And so I guess it's not that challenging anymore. I just feels like I just kind of I'm almost on autopilot when I'm doing it. But um, but like I like that and I'm fine with that. So I, you know,
2: what's the trick with CSS? Is it is it rote memory? Like how how have you built that?
1: The trick with CSS is that there are some things that are not worth learning and you can Google all of those Um, because people ask way more questions about JavaScript and CSS than anything else. Um, So like you always get what you want on Stack Overflow and then CSS Tricks is a great site. Um, And what I found the key is is that there's more than one way to do something. And if you understand Flexbox really well and you can just Put things together in grids, like rows and columns, in your head really easily, and you can break apart. Like like if you if you know ahead of time how the HTML and CSS is going to interact, and you just sort of build a model in your head, you can just write it out very quickly. Yeah, and, and you don't actually need to know that much of it. You just need to know the main things that really get people are like positioning. And so if you know like yeah the like, position is actually a CSS value, right? But if you know all of these things, if you know the most of the way position works and the different ways to calculate lengths and widths, I should say widths and heights, um, then you should, then like, that is most of the difficulty that people have. All of the special, like, effects, um, like, you know, Transforms and stuff like that are easy to search and easy to figure out.
2: You no longer have to uh, worry about Internet Explorer, which is nice.
1: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I, I, my, I, I never did, to be honest. Um, I, I actually that that tripped me up a few times at my uh, my last job when I started. I would I would put in solutions that Internet Explorer wouldn't support, and someone, someone particularly autistic front end dev would be like.
2: Some some no, boomer some boomer comes out. I like, "Why well, isn't this working?" Right? <laughs> yeah. no, that's what I always imagine.
1: No, that's what I always right. imagine. Actually, growing up, I had um, I had some cousins who would always like like my family was like the techie family, comparatively, and my cousins like we you'd log onto their computer and they had just so many random viruses and like, you know, all these pop ups coming up. You are like, "What are you?" What do you do and the answer of course that they just don't know anything about computers so they don't know how to like clean it this up is my in wife. any way <laughs> uh.
0: i married a woman i married a woman uh who has a degree in computer science and her she uses a she, she uses a window windows laptop for one thing and uh you know when whenever i it's it's physically painful you know She's got it crapped up with all the, I mean, Andy, you know what I'm talking about when I say the, you know, the typing, what is it? Yeah. The Chinese the typing. Or what, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the, the S? IP, 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 yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah.
0: She puts that on there and you know what happens. Now, now it's popping up with things that say, you know, please buy Tiger Penis for virility or whatever, mm. you know, and uh, right. first of all, if anyone's listening, I don't need Tiger penis anymore. Uh, and yeah, and impossible but she's got she's like a, an educated woman with a degree in computer science, but it's all crapped up with this stuff. but it's it's genuinely it's physically painful for me to get on her computer. and I've told her, you know that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend my five hours uh, of my day getting the cruft off of there. So, anyway, any time that she has a problem with a computer, I just buy her a new one now. It's just easier.
1: (laughs) I mean, Um, Windows machines are pretty cheap these days, right?
0: Yeah, we're in China, so, you know, sweatshop labor, basically. China, the post-scarcity society. It is. Um, Well, anything is post-scarcity if you can throw enough manpower at it uh, without any moral qualms, right? Like if you could you know it's like ancient Egypt where they tell you that they hold the pyramid stones up, and if they needed lubrication, they would just throw an Egyptian slave under it that's that's how basically that's how I get a computer is
2: just forcing you know that sounds like sea people propaganda, but
1: I would say be, it like, might be. For those for those of you listening who haven't been to China, he's actually entirely correct about this. <laughs> he actually might be under yeah. he might be understating what goes on.
2: You're under, <laughs> underselling it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just some some some
0: some girl from the countryside with very nimble fingers. They use her up, you know,
2: and then she she jumps and they they've well, got if, the nets. If someone. If someone in China is one in a million, there's one thousand four hundred people exactly like them. Yeah, right. So exactly right. You can just kind of do do what they've got people to burn. Yeah, it's it's
0: very funny. That, I mean, and I I can't keep going on on this on this uh, this particular tangent. Not one of yeah. whom should be allowed. they ever have very. they ro- Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's okay to say that that Chinese people are very good at robotic repetitive tasks.
2: But I think – I don't know. On, you know, on balance, you're on more balance. likely okay. – they're more likely to be good at that. That's true. Is that then, – Then you or I or FABNEP might be. I can't be accused of racism against the
0: Chinese. I have inoculated myself against that by marrying a Chinese woman, which was the whole point really. So uh, – but he, she said it as well because you remember there was that thing with, um, with Einstein – that you know the the letter that Einstein if a couple of years ago Einstein they found out he wrote a letter that said something to the effect that Chinese people are like automatons or something like that and everybody got really angry and, uh, yeah and Einstein huh. got cancelled right because he said this mean, mean thing about and I I, sh- I shared that story with my wife and she said um, yeah, that sounds sounds accurate. Sounds correct to me. What's the problem?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the Japanese are similarly funny in terms of like, they're just, they're very up. Like they say what they think about people. Very like upfront. They'll be like, yeah, they're like these different types of people. Um, I think my favorite explanation that I ever heard from someone was that this is a coworker I had who uh, had taken Japanese in college and spoke spoke very good Japanese, but he was saying that, like, the, uh, what was it? It was, like, the Japanese have a very strict racial hierarchy in their heads when it comes to Asians, and then they have a, a fairly oh, yeah. vague one when it comes to, like, non-Asians, where, like, they, they know white people are kind of at the top, or they think they are, and then they're, like, we don't really, like, know what happens after that, but also we don't understand how, like our own position via V like other races. So like, we just view them all as like these rare, dangerous animals that like could like lash out at any moment. Kind of like if there's like a hippopotamus standing next to you and you're like, want to be really careful because like, it's this just like completely foreign creature, but that's also really deadly. Um, but yeah, that's fair. Like, when, I would describe I myself my as a I was
0: deadly hippopotamus.
1: That's like, <laughs> a hippopotamus. Yeah. But like after that, I was like, I started looking at all of my interactions with Japanese people in Japan. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that is kind of what's going on. Like they like, they literally think I could do, do or say anything at any moment. And they have like no idea, like how to sort of account for my behavior. Um, it's kind of J- funny.
0: Japan, Japan on this note, Japan is the only place in my life as a white man, you know, a cis white man is the only, this is true. The only place I've ever, Experienced what I would call genuine racism aimed at myself. You know, I mean the yes. the, that's, the that's Chinese are, are, as well. are brilliantly racist as well, but in kind of a um, you know a, you know they're like light racism. Uh, it's it's charming, but the um, the the Japanese <laughs> kept me from entering buildings, you know, because I was white, and that was the first time that well, had ever was, happened to me. Like there, I, I well, couldn't.
2: There, there was certain bars or whatever. There was this. There was like a court case in Japan. Some Yehu like moved to Japan and he became somehow a Japanese citizen, which is not easy. Like Levkate O'Hearn did it and like no one else. So, but he did it. He is a, a white guy with a Japanese passport and he um, like went to one of those, they're not called banyas. That's what they're called in Russia, but those like baths, like this the spa. I've been to them in Taiwan. Mm. I've never been to one in Japan, but you know what oh, I'm talking I'm about. Onsen, I you doubt know, you've them. been yeah, onsen, yeah, onsen. And 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 so 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 like he went to one of these in Hokkaido, and like was like kicked out, and it was like there was like a sign that said like not welcome, right? And so he sued, mm. saying like I'm I'm a Japanese citizen, like I at least should not be discriminated against, and like the court said it was reasonable because there were like lots of russian tourists and like drunks and stuff who would go to these places and like they would cause a lot of trouble and it was an undue burden for this place to like make sure that they weren't discriminating against white japanese and so like he he actually was like found like he was not able to sue for that reason which i mean look that's a very practical and elegant solution um and yeah, I,
1: I would I would say I I was once in um in China and was not allowed to go into I was in like a club district in um, Kunming and I was not allowed in. I was there with two friends. I was not allowed into like the nicer clubs.
2: Ah uh, Are you sure that's because you were away? The, I mean that's it
1: <laughs> pretty uh yeah. I, I'm sure because we asked a girl outside like why couldn't we go in? And she went up and she asked the guy, and he, and I mean, I speak Chinese, so I knew what she was asking him and knew what his response was. And he was just like, "Yeah, like, like, why weren't oh, we, like no?" We
0: didn't even, we didn't even touch on this. How, how is it that you come to speak Chinese? How did that happen? I took
1: it in, I took it in college, and then. Um,
2: oh okay, all right.
1: Yeah, I like do you. Know the DLPT.
2: That's uh, the military, that's the military, um, uh, language proficiency test.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. So I, I got, I ended up like, um, taking that cause that's the only way to get paid more in the military. Um, so I ended up, uh, studying it a lot, like while I was in so that I would get paid more.
0: I, I just didn't, I think it cut out on me. you said the, like the language aptitude DLP. battery yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, maybe Yeah. We'll defense call some, language I don't know
1: proficiency what, test. There's okay. the defense right. language aptitude battery, aptitude which bit, right. is, which is like a oh, generic sort of, it's like, yeah, how good yeah, are yeah. You at learning languages. Right, right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I was in the, I was in the military too, but I didn't, I didn't
2: do that. Um. I should have maybe, but. Well, you were, you were part of the reason that he, the, he was racisted against because you were an enlisted Marine in Okinawa. Yeah. And then he you was- Enlisted. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, if I, I were I Okinawan, a... I'm going to be honest. If I'm Okinawan, I'm going to be racist against you guys too. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, get fair it. enough.
1: I get it. I actually- I had uh, a- I do um, too. I, I, it was weird. I had a friend who was a, um, let's see- we all went off on some like exercise, and so he was stuck at like Camp Schwab, and he was hanging out with the guy who had just gotten there. Uh, that's where was, I was like, stationed. Uh, Vietnamese. Oh, there you go. That's rough. Who are who are you with?
0: Uh, it was it Third Combat Assault Battalion? I think at the time. Were you? Uh, yeah. Did we not?
1: Say, I was. I was. Say, I was with CAB for like six months or something. That's really funny. Were we
0: serving at the same time? That would be so weird. No. If no. You no. Would,
2: not at all.
1: Uh, I, was, I, was, I was I was there. there like, I was
0: there from like
2: a generation younger than you. Uh, okay, two thousand four to two thousand six. Yeah, I, was there. yeah.
1: Because I no, I was there two thousand um, eleven
0: to two thousand fourteen. Uh, okay, but anyway, yeah, Schwab was pretty Something rough. at like, like is, yeah. is it uh, maybe so when it when it was when you were there, it would still have been an all male camp as well, I guess.
1: For the most part. There might have been a couple at like – there was like Ammo Company and they had
0: a, a Ammo Company had chicks. Now, here's a funny st- – I got to tell us. Now, now that you brought up Ammo Company, the, the people have to hear that I was the duty – I was a duty driver the night that uh, – well, I'm sure this happened probably in every decade that the Marines were there. But uh, I was a duty driver the night that uh, a, a guy from – some some chick from ammo company um, decided that she had she had been raped with a bunch a bunch of people found her next to the dock uh, near ammo company and then uh, me and the officer on duty drive up to their barracks and uh, there's this kid I'll call him a kid because he's like 17 maybe 18. Um, sitting there on the steps, drunk himself and crying because he knows his life is over, right? Because he just he just found out that he'd been accused of rape by this girl that had just woken up from her junken, drunken stupor on the dock. Uh, and anyway, they took her down to – what? what's the the uh, the hospital? It's not Cadena or was it on Cadena? Anyway, the hospital, probably they, probably they drove yeah.
1: her down. Cadena or Foster, yeah.
0: Uh, they drove her to the hospital. Well, I think there's a naval hospital there that's not on either of them, but I might be wrong. But anyway, she, she was driven down to the naval hospital. They pumped her full of charcoal or whatever they do, right? She sobers up and then uh, says, no, it was consensual sex or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, the the kid went from getting drummed out of the military, uh, like within a span of, of two hours um, to this girl getting uh, court-martialed. Well, she's probably non non judicial punishment, but then she ended up getting kicked out of the the military, and this kid got busted down a rank just you know basically for having sex. So there's a, there's a story in there,
2: uh, a moral, that's a life lesson.
1: Yeah, no. So so I had this I had this friend who was the supply officer with Cav, and he didn't go on the exercise for like six weeks in mainland, mainland Japan, so instead he went to the Nago like man, like the izakaya scene, which like, they're pretty crappy. Um, but he just went there and like, um, he got into one and then from there, basically it was like word of mouth and he could get into any other one that he wanted to, but nobody else could get in. Like he could get in with his friends and no one else could. And it took him, I think it took him like four to six weeks of just like trying to get in and then also being on his best behavior um to get into these places it was kind of funny
0: my as my experience with uh the yakuza was there as well like uh, i had a i had an ex- a yakuza mm. experience which i used to drink too much um as we do and uh <laughs> went out playing playing i i wandered off from my group of my my what, are, what do you call them uh your buddies who have to go with you on you, when I was there anyway, you used to have to have a buddy. If you were Yeah, like Liberty was in, Liberty
1: Buddy or whatever.
0: Liberty Buddy, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, before I was an NCO, I had to have a Liberty Buddy. Um and uh, the yeah, that I wandered off for my Liberty Buddy that night ended up in a in a pool hall, and uh, all around me were these teenage kids and some old guys sitting on a sitting on a stool watching them play pool. And uh, I, so I'm playing pool with these kids. Uh, I start playing pl- pool with these kids. Um, as I said, I was drunk and I'd wandered off from my friends and, um, we start, we're playing for like, uh, what is it, like five, th- five dollars basically of American money or uh, of American, but denominated in, in,
1: um, yeah, like 500, 500.
0: Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 500. Yeah. So each game was like 500, right? And so, uh, yeah, it's you know, I, I I play a game, I'd win, I get my five hundred. I'd lose a game, I I was I'm down five hundred, right? And uh, I played two or three. I was really drunk, and I said, and I, you know, after a few games, I I might have been ahead like one game or something. So you know, that feels good. Go home. But uh, the old guy said to me, "No, you're going to keep playing, right? Keep playing these these kids. Don't stop." So the, this old guy on the stool, and I take a look at the old guy, and I see he's missing a piece of his pinky finger. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Right? So, uh, so yeah, this this old man, you know, he's sitting there telling these these teenage kids to keep playing me, and so I'm playing games of pool in this sort of like hell of of wondering when it is that this old guy is going to turn me loose. So I'm like, I, I win a game of pool, I lose a game of pool. Suddenly, I am down like you know, five or six games, and there is like no end in sight. I could feel the oppression, you know, of this guy who's like uh, sort of forcing me to continue play playing pool. I am um, drunken drunkenness probably had something to do with it, but um, yeah, I, I kept playing, kept playing these games of pool, and the guy kept telling me that I I was not yet allowed to stop playing pool, and this went on for probably I don't know an hour before my other Liberty buddies came and found me. But yeah, a nice run with the Yakuza (laughs) played pool against my will for an hour.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I heard that. Like, I remember hearing like back in the day because Okinawa was part of the U S for so long until like 72, the, um, there was like a big showdown where the mainland Yakuza were going to come down in in 72, as soon Mm -hmm. as Okinawa was once again, Japanese territory. And they were going to basically, you know, take over all the criminal rackets. But what they hadn't counted on was that the Okinawan Yakuza had gotten weapons from the Americans during Vietnam. Um, Hmm. And so there was, you know, the mainland Yakuza had probably handguns at best, but the Okinawans had automatic weapons and hand grenades. And so Hmm. it was actually (laughs) like quite, quite bloody, did not go the way the mainlanders expected and they, yeah. they actually never took control of the island. Um, yeah. They just lost too many people in the initial, like, attempted takeover. But
0: Well, you know, yeah. I, could tell, I, could, I could tell that they still had some clout there because uh, sometimes – I scuba dived. And uh, sometimes I would show up at a beach and there would be a, uh, a nice sedan or limousine would be there on the beach and people would just clear out like they would say, well, Okay, we can't be here anymore. Mm. Right. And you say why? And they'd be like, Well, that, you know, the Yakuza is here, and they don't want it. I don't know what they're doing. But we can't be here. Right. And so you just it was just a thing you just clear and this is very strange to me because I, you know, from the south, there's not even any mafia, where I'm from, I never never knew anything
1: like that, but <laughs> right, right.
0: Still going. Yeah. yeah, still going. Still a going thing. Yeah, in Yeah. I hour. mean,
1: you like you Yeah. I mean, this is sort of like a PSA, but if you have a, like a tattoo, you can't get into, um, like a baths in Japan, unless you like put tape over it or something. So, um, Hmm. and maybe even then they won't let you in, but yeah, there are like specific Yakuza baths in the big cities. Um, like if you, if you have any tattoos, like you have to go to the mobster baths. You can't go to like the baths for normal people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, we've been everywhere can I, I, <laughs> That's good information for the people. Um, can I just say, thanks, thanks very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and no, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I hope you're, I hope things lighten up in China.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Maybe I'll be back stateside one day or I'll come, come move to Europe, the dream. All right, man. Thanks yeah, very man. much. It's
1: not that hard. Yeah, yeah, take it easy.
0: Getting out of the hard part. <laughs> See you.
1: Fair enough. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Stack. You may find us variously at erbit.media.com on Twitter at stack underscore podcast, or on Patreon at patreon.com backslash stack podcast. And remember, it's up to the Yakuza on his stool when you're released from playing pool. Until next time.